Welcome to the Dad's Night Podcast, where ridiculous becomes reality. We're your dad hosts. I'm Chris Parrish. And I'm Tommy Reed. Today we're joined by Alexi Wall, president of BCS Flag Football. We'll talk about its rise, how it became the hottest sport for kids in the South Bay, and how they got to play the championship game in SoFi Stadium. We'll also hear how Tommy's gearing up for spring break, and of course we'll taste some local favorites and talk about South Bay's favorite dish, chicken parmesan. This episode of Dad's Night Podcast is brought to you by Grunions. Head over to Grunions this week, mention the podcast, and you'll get a free draft beer. Limit one per visit, especially if you are Mike Kersey or... Scott Shaw. Scott Shaw, Kevin Joyce. Limit one per customer. Just the martyr's debt. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, Tommy. How are you feeling today? I, I'm feeling awesome. It smells amazing. I here. mean, it smells great in here. Uh, I'm a little thirsty already. Because, I am thirsty. See, I mean, should, should we just go right into something? Let's be brewing? loose cannons. I was about to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Let's buck the trend here. Let's do this. I mean, something's be, brewing. Is we're happening early today? We are because when you talk BCS flag football, yeah. you just you think football. <laughs> so you got to have a cold, cold beer, cold yeah. brewski. Let's do this. So, I never call it brewski, by the way. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> You're bringing that back? No, no, I don't think so. Alexi, I have a cold Montucky for you. Okay. Right there. Montucky. Right. Chris, you thirsty? I mean, I, I, I'm i always thirsty, baby. Yeah. That's a great sound right there. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Oh, I have a, a, a Keystone for you. Well, you know what? I'll take a Keystone light. All right. And So uh, this is, um, I was reading, this is bottled beer taste in a can. Is that is that right? How do they do that? I mean, that's just marketing genius. <laughs> but this must be an expensive beer. <laughs> I mean, there's science behind uh, that. Well, so let's open it up because when you talk football, even have a beer. flag football, you gotta just you gotta do beer. Gotta drink a, drink a beer. And speaking of tons of beers, Tommy, you're taking your wife and kids on spring break coming up here. Where are you headed? Wow. Um, you know, I felt like because we've been cooped up for so long, mm-hmm. this is the year where everyone's just going. And you everywhere. haven't had a trip in weeks. I, I'm a, I love traveling, yeah. period. So if I can get out, I'm going to do it. Um, but with the family, it's hard. Um, yeah. But with a six- and nine-year-old, they're able to travel. This is our first time going to Hawaii oh, as fun. a family. So we're nice. doing a little Maui action. Maui, um, nice. I cashed in um, Southwest points for love free it. flights. Where, so it. where do they stop in between? We're going straight from LAX to Kanapali. Maui, really? straight there. I mean, I was shocked. I mean... Hence, you want to get away? We're mm. doing it. And uh, I hope uh, I actually have a seat because I, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's Southwest, well, but it's great. You've got to hit podcasts, though. Uh, you know, I'm going to download yeah, my all the podcasts yeah. of, our, of our show and yeah. just listen to them all. Yeah. Repeat just it. remember, the, you know, we're all just people. Yeah, we right? are. So don't big time anybody. I'm excited. You know, um, we're, we're doing some snorkeling. We're doing some of those sunset cruises. And, of course, you got to do the luau with the kids. Of course. Yeah. Even though it's like 150 bucks, uh, you know. But you're like, oh, I'm going to have some rice. You know, I'm going to eat yeah. some rice. That's but expensive you know rice, but you love it. It's entertainment. Yeah. So you got to do it. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. Speaking of it's for the kids. Yeah. It's a perfect segue to go into what I am so thrilled to be a part of this year. And, Chris, let me tell you. It is you need to. the hottest sport oh, I know. for kids. Boys and girls in South Bay. Yeah. It is Beach City Sports Flag Football. And we are so lucky to have our guest, Alexi Wall, with us today. Alexi! Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Good to be here, gentlemen. Good to be yes, here. Yes, good to have you in the pod. And this is yeah. going to be a big learning for me because, as I was telling you at the production meeting, yeah. I don't have a kid playing football. Yeah. But I, it's the number one thing I hear about. Yeah, it's, it's regardless uh, of what I start the conversation with. It's pretty intense. It's yeah. pretty intense around these parts for yeah. sure. So uh, we 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 uh, were talking earlier before you got here. There was a there was a huge game, Tommy, on Sunday, and <sighs> and we we recapped it. In the last pod, but uh, you know, Tommy, last second W. I'm sure you obviously have to watch the film. Um, well, see, that's the beautiful thing again about BCS Sports. Yeah, it's already posted. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday's games are already on YouTube with views going at them. Millions right away. of hits. Yes, I mean, like, first off, I don't know of another kid's sport that they're actively capturing every game and yeah. then posting it for the parents. And for fanatics like me, yeah. you're, I'm actually analyzing it. Oh, yeah. You need to. I, I'm watching blocks, watching miss blocks, watching, you know, got to teach the flag guarding. Look, our refs are really good yeah. mm-hmm. in, in the whole program. Um, and it's a testament to you, Lexi. It's, it's about what you put together. You've run such a great program that I decided to be a coach this year. I'm so excited I did. And Van Hess, who's my coaching yep. partner, one of the greatest dads, just a great dude to begin with. Um, he called up the greatest, what I call the <laughs> Coach K moment this past Sunday. Yeah. And Tell me about it. it. Tell me about it. It was the 30th you reunion. You ever heard about this yet? I have not this heard This is it my yet. seventh time. <laughs> well, I'll keep it. Each it's It started with a 10-yard touchdown. Now it's about now to be 75. The story grows. No, it was yeah. a 60-yard touchdown. 60 yard. Always will be, but it was, it was second quarter. Uh-huh. Time's running out. My buddy and I on the sideline, we had one timeout left. We called timeout. How much time's left in the game? It's 26.5 seconds. Wow. 0.5 is important. Yeah. It is. So. I'm assuming. All of a sudden, I'm on the sideline, and and I hear, you know, yes, coach. I'm like, what is going on? Then they got louder. Yes, coach. They're all in unison. And he basically got them to do the Coach K, do you believe we could score in this next play? (laughs) And I love it. Yes. He's like, I I don't think I could hear you louder. Do you think you could score? Do you believe you could score in this next play? Yes, coach. And he takes a little like chicken scratch and then starts writing up a play like it was like in your own backyard. And we score and we win the game. And it was just the greatest. And the power went out. Later, when we're at the point celebrating, just the greatest. But I think it's just because the explosion of the lights. Explosion of all the energy. All the energy from that game. Exactly. So big shout out to you again, Van. I love coaching with you. Uh, You're an amazing coach. I hope we can go back, run back to SoFi this year. But uh, Alexi, talk to us about why it's become so popular. How did it all start and how did you get involved? So, you know, football is, as you know, has been has gone through its challenges recently, right? So I think in the last 10 years, it's become uh, taken on almost kind of a pariah status in youth sports because it's because of the concussion thing right. and the CTE thing. And we know that's serious. But the great thing about what we do at BCS is we offer the ability for kids to play football but do it safely. And not only just for 5- and 6- and 7-year-olds, but all the way up to 12- and 13-year-olds, which is really unique for us because most flag leagues don't go to that old. And if they do... They're usually passing leagues, which which really focus all the attention on the skill positions, the quarterbacks and the receivers. Right. But we have blocking. We've got an offensive line. We've got pass rushing. Right. So we're developing all of the positions of football at the same time. And it was really started by a group of dads, a group of dads right here in town. Um, they did it 
from what I understand, over one weekend, they just said, hey, we should start our own sports leagues. They were probably drinking some beers while they, while they came up like with it. the idea. Yeah, something's brewing. And then they yeah. said, hey, let's start, a, let's start a football league. It was Jack Alexander, Keith McNamara, Patty McNamara, Jim Patterson, Mike Aubrey, and Jeff Nicosia. And Jeff Nicosia is also is still our registrar Great dude. for wow. the league. And his kids, I mean, Jeff's kids are probably close to 40 now. I'm just kidding. They're probably they're in their 20s. But they're way out of the league now, and he still volunteers his time to be our registrar. So big shout-out to Jeff for sure. Great guy. But, Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. And we had like a – I think the important thing for us is we we kind of land in this middle gray area between tackle football and flag football. Flag football in many cases has this reputation of being kind of, kind of soft and not real football, but that's mm-hmm. not what we do, right? We have a way of keeping – some of the physical parts about football to make it great, the blocking, the pass rushing, and so on, but still keep it safe uh, by not by stopping short of tackling, right. right? So we've got a good combination. So we're a little much closer to tackle football than most flag football is, but still um, avoiding the tackling, avoiding some of those you know potential head injuries. Because so one on of the so most forth. complicated things when you're just watching NFL or college is just the line play. Right, and and those are yeah. what I like in a, bro- a broadcast where they they'll come in and say, hey, by the way, this guy pulled from the left down four guys, or they yeah. hit the a gap or whatever. And if you're just playing normal flag football, it's like quarterback count to five, exactly. You know, run in, yeah, exactly. No, I mean there is a whole curriculum that you have to onboard to be a coach. You have to go through a, a very rigorous testing of your background checks, and then you have, which I thought was so great because. You know, I was a little bit nervous being like, well, I don't really have all the right plays on mm-hmm. offense. And I was kind of nervous, and I'm glad Van took over that part. And I wanted to run defense. But then you actually offer a whole playbook of, uh, I don't know, I went on the site. I think there were like over 100 plays yeah. of offense and like 40 plays of defense. Yeah. And that's just so cool. And it's just really like interesting that you give the parameters to dads to be a coach. Yeah. And it's like we – we understand, I mean, as parents, we get, like, the there's something special about that experience, being out there with your kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's really unique and something that's uh, something that we understand can be a powerful experience. So we want we want all the parents in, in, in the community to be involved and get a chance to do this, either as a head coach or an assistant coach. And by the way, it doesn't have to be a dad. It could, even, it could easily be one of the moms, too, yep. and the moms want to get involved, too. So for us, it's like, how do we... Make sure that if somebody like yourself, Tommy, who hasn't coached before, how can we get you the resources to ensure that you're successful while coaching? So it's, 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 it's a good experience for you, for the kids, and everyone else. So we have a coaches clinic that we hold before the season starts for the new coaches where we go over suggestions from veteran coaches about things you can do at practice or the way that you can run your drills or the way that you can set up your playbook. We have the officials come out and talk about the rules because our rules are a little different. Right. Um, so we want to make sure everyone's set up for success, you know? Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the rules, something different that I really, really enjoy is that there's this A-gap where the center has no one in front of them, and there's two like almost like bean bags to the, to the left and right of the center, and you can't shoot that. You can't shoot that gap at any point, whether you're on offense or defense. If you go through that little gap, it's a penalty. Okay. And – it really ensures the safety of the of, of the kid who's not being who doesn't see the, uh, the the defenseman coming out of nowhere. So they do have the safety in minds of the of the kids, and I love that. And they get to wear uniforms, and 
the camaraderie and the bonding of these kids, I found my son wanting to play every potential flag football opportunity instead of baseball, instead of soccer sometimes, because he had more fun with his buddies yeah. playing yeah. BCS football. I mean, some of the best, I coached my daughter's uh, soccer team, she's 10, and some of the best kids in the league last year also played flag yeah. football, yeah. you know, BCS, so... It's it's safe enough for everybody who's developing and doing whatever, yep. but it's obviously so fun that they wanted to go dominate yet another sport. Yeah, I mean, look, we got we have we have a lot of multi-sport athletes uh, in the BCS, and and funnily enough, we get a lot of kids who there's bound to be conflicts, right? So you have kids who three, four, you know, sports, and there's always conflicts, and a lot of times after the first couple weeks, we're proud to say that we win those conflicts yeah. quite yeah. A, quite a bit, right? Yeah. Kids will be like. I know I got a baseball game, I got a soccer game, but I really want to play football. So, yeah. and they and they come out to BCS to play football. So we're really proud of that. I mean, that for us it was we wanted to help in the growth of football, help grow in the sport, and also provide a safe and fun and competitive and productive environment for kids to learn the game. And like you said, not just learn about hey, I want to throw the ball and I catch the ball, but s- say my goal is to play football and I want to be a lineman or I want to be a center. Right. Right. These are things you can learn in the BCS without putting on pads, you know, so and that's really unique to us. And I think we've um, hit a chemistry here where the kids are super involved. It is definitely competitive, but winning isn't all we do. Right. right. Like there's a lot that kids get out of this that has nothing to do with winning. Right. Um, so we, we kind of have a good mix of everything. For a lot of know? the parents, I think the only thing they get out of it is winning. But. That's yeah, my experience. That's certainly that's certainly the case for some yeah. true of any I gotta, sport. I really, say. that's playing yeah. out here. But I mean, giving the kids the confidence that they didn't think they'd have, and you're like, I'm playing football. And you're like, ooh, that's kind of nervous. And parents' initial reaction is like, I don't, I don't want you to get hurt. Right. You know, it is football. But then they play it, and it's like I, I call it like a, a a higher, more intense game of tag, if you will. You yeah. know, because you're catching the flags or you're tr- trying to capture the flags, but. The confidence that these kids can now exude after they play, you could definitely tell who's played BCS football. I think they have a lot more confidence in yeah. their team work together, you know, and, and, and it is. It is a team sport. There is no I um, in, in, in this game. You need all eight players yep. to be a successful team, yeah. which is pretty cool. Where did you uh, play football? I did not play football, in oh. fact. Funnily enough, I played basketball in college. Okay. You're a big dude. Um, yeah, that was uh, several pounds ago uh, <laughs> when, I played, when I played college basketball. But I've, I've, I never actually played football competitively, but um, have been a diehard fan for a long time. And I, you know, my son was a part of BCS when he was five years old. Uh, he was on Jake Caps' team, shout out to Caps. And um, he loved it. And I said, you know, it would be fun to coach. And I went out the first time as a coach, and it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> like it was <laughs> it was not easy. But you you know you take your lumps and you learn. But, but was that time, was that your first time coaching anything? No, okay. my first time I'd, I'd coached um, I'd coached a lot of different things with with kids in the past. Um, you know, basketball. I coached in basketball before and soccer and tennis too and stuff. But this was my first time like legitimately coaching football, and it was. It was hard the first year, hard results-wise, but I had a blast. My kid had a blast, but then you learn. Like you, The second right. season comes, you get better. I'm now coaching my 10th season, Wow! and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun yeah. to watch the kids develop and, and see that happens. And look, we've been around since 2008, 
in that time, we've had more than 12,000 kids pass That's through the awesome. program. Wow. And, you know, we've had a lot of success. We've had kids play high-level Division One football. We've had kids go to the NFL. Most oh, wow. recently, Josh Rosen was a, is wow. a BCS alum. And no he, way. Yeah. Holy cow. Um, Chosen Rosen. So we've had some um, success there. Um, and, in fact, I think between 2017 to 2021, both of the starting quarterbacks at um, Miracosta and Redondo Union were both PCS alums. Killer. So That's awesome. We, a lot of our kids end up playing high school football here in town, which is great, either in Torrance and Redondo and right. so on, and, and, and Costa. And I think that success kind of shines through because they've had a good foundation learning the game because we think that tackling is probably the last thing you need to learn in the game, right? Like There are a, l yeah. a lot of other things you can learn first. And do that safely, and then we can teach you how to tackle afterwards. You know, um, so yeah, we're proud of the where we've come as a league. We every season we have anywhere from five to seven hundred kids. Um, so it's definitely one of the larger wow. sports leagues in Los Angeles, not mm -hmm. just in the South Bay. So, and we have kids. Even though most of our kids are from the Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach, Hermosa, um, Torrance, Gardena area. Uh, Hawthorne and Londo. We also we have kids from as far as Orange County who wow. come to play in our league because we, they know that what our league offers with the film and the draft because we're an all draft league, which is another really unique thing about us, which creates parity. <laughs> now the draft is an interesting thing. So yes, very, it is <laughs> very interesting thing. But being an all draft league means that we have divisions that are competitive. Right. There are no single teams that are just destroying everyone because there's a guy, some guy recruited a bunch of kids from around town. No. Since they're draft teams, we can balance it out, right? And, and the teams, and when you go, you look at some of the scores and you look at the standings, it's clear there's lots of balance and parity, which is what we need. Yep. Different teams win the Super Bowl every year and so on. So, yeah. Let's talk about the draft. It was my first draft. I heard stories. Uh, <laughs> as you I know, heard stories even before yep, the story. <laughs> we had uh, a friend of the pod, great dad, great guy, Jeb Terry on. Jeb, yep. Big shout out to Jeb Terry. Um, Hi, Jeb. By the way, he has a really good chili. He did not win. That's uh, what I hear. Now, yours had chocolate in it, right? I, I, I didn't even come close to Jeb's. I think I came in eighth, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> hey, good for you. At least you came in. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, well, Chris, who brings cold chili to a chili cook-off? A very tired man, my friend. <laughs> but anyway, um, Jeb, you know, kind of gave me some laughs and warned me, and then I got to experience it. Yeah. And It's unique. It's unique. <laughs> and um, for as much... Fun as you have, it's a pretty intense thing too. At times, it gets a little yeah. bit uh, heated. Yeah, I mean, I think as with everything in life, you've got personalities, right? Yes. Um, and uh, you know, those personalities are who they are in every aspect of life, including the BCS draft, right? So, yep. um, the good You're news very is very presidential with that answer, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, rehearse the diplomatic yeah. side of this. So, if for us, it's like we have set up a system that we know is going to produce a certain level of parity. That doesn't always work for every coach, right? Because every coach, there are some coaches who see that as something other, like counterintuitive to what to what they want to accomplish. But it's, it really isn't. But I think they feel passionate about it in the moment. So we have some heated discussions at the draft, you know? It's all... Uh, <laughs> All in good fun, but yeah, sometimes it it, it can be an interesting interesting uh, interesting night. Some divisions are you know a little worse than others, but yes, for the for the most part, it's pretty it's pretty smooth. It is it is smooth. It's a, I mean, and by the way, 
I loved the draft. You guys, I think we had at the Stanton and Hermosa. Stanton and Hermosa, yeah. Um, you walk in, and just to paint a picture for all our listeners out there, you have a waiting area for the division that's uh, already being drafted. But, like, for example, the D7s, which is the first, and some second graders, um, they're drafting, and the second and third graders league is waiting. They offer you whatever you want to eat and drink on the BCS. So you're having amazing food, wings, hamachi crudo, and great beer. Yeah. Okay? So you're waiting as you're drafting. You're feeling good. Then you walk in, and on all the big screens are like every kid that is being drafted. And it's like literally like the NFL Combine where you could see their 40-yard dash times, their, their, how, how they threw. Their, it is so cool to see all the data right in front of you to like draft a kid that you're like, oh, yeah, that's Johnny from up the street. But Johnny's yeah. got a ranking. And, yeah. you know, the good coaches like Jeb Terry, God bless him, he put in – which is what I like that you ask is that you rank the kids from last year. You know, how do, how were they co- coachability wise? Were they yeah. able to be coached? Yes. He was super fast. Yes. He had a lot of touchdowns, you know, but I like that. What I did notice though, is some of the coaches don't do that. Yeah. that I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes it can be difficult to avoid gamesmanship. I mean, it happens sometimes, but I, most of the time <laughs> in every the, sport. Yeah. Right. They're bags. But for the, I think most of these, most most of our coaches are um, focused on kind of what's really important here. And I think the wins and the losses are going to come. Mm-hmm. People are going to win and lose Super Bowls. They're going to play in them. The kids are going to have a great experience. But I can tell you that um, my younger son's team, we played in the championship games at SoFi um, last spring. And here's a bunch of kids who are six years old. And they're playing on an NFL stadium. They're playing on an NFL field. Um, one of the players on my team is a, a girl. She became, you know, the and will always be the first woman to ever participate in a team sport on that field. That's so cool. Since the stadium was built, which which was an awesome experience. But and the kids look, they lost the game and they were upset, but gay. But they had a great experience. Right. I mean, to to be able to compete on that field. When we were six years old, that would have that would, would not have been a possibility right. for us, right? So, I mean, explain how that happened. Explain how, literally, there was yet to be a football game played in SoFi Stadium, home of the Rams, home of the Chargers, and now here it is. We get this email that like, okay, kids, if you make it to the championship game, your game is going to be played at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, the first. In person football game with in front of fans, BCS, yeah. in, fr- in front of fans was the BCS yeah. championship. How do you pull off a flag football SoFi? So it's we, amazing. you know, we had a, we had a lot of help along the way. I think we've we've in the past can thought about how can we make that championship game experience a little better. And then a friend of the a friend or of the awesome. league or, or awesome, yeah, right. a friend of the league and uh, a guy who's coached for a long time in the league, John Buchanan. Um, John had some connections and he kind of planted a seed. Hey, former um, NFL guy. He worked for the yeah, NFL. Yeah, we used right? to work yeah. for the NFL and said, how about we, you know, there's a possibility that you guys might be able to play at SoFi. Would you be interested in that? Well, hell yeah, we'd be interested in that. So we went through the process and we worked with the folks at SoFi to kind of ensure that this could really work. And thank God we have some really good sponsors who are very helpful in making that happen. Um, is it okay if I mention them? Of course. Please, please of course. do. So Marlin Equity, 
um, Ryan, Wald. Ryan Wald and, and Marlin Equity. They were huge uh, sponsorship-wise making that happen. Jeb's company, Cosm, also. Yep. Um, those two companies really were really instrumental in making this happen uh, from a sponsorship standpoint. So we really, you know, I want to thank them and kind of... Um, uh, and all of our sponsors uh, for what for what they did to kind of get us there. And then we, it was just a matter of massaging the logistics. And for me, I learned a lot about what it takes to put on an event <laughs> in an NFL stadium. Sure. There, are, there are a lot of dots uh, and T's to cross, and it's it, there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of red tape we have to go through uh, to make it work. But then COVID was kind of an added thing on top of that. So we had to kind of work with them on what that was going to be like. It was many hours of work. Um, Ryan Wald and myself um, and uh, other board members really putting in the time to get all of those kind of ducks in a row. And then when we got it confirmed and we knew it was going to be a reality, it didn't quite sink in until we got out there. We were like, oh my God, we're going to play. These kids are going to play their championship oh game gosh, at SoFi Stadium. It's crazy. And it was incredible. The whole day was incredible. I mean, we had, uh, it felt like the entire South Bay community oh, came yes. out. We had thousands of fans out there. Alexi, it was great. not just South Bay, you had family flying in for this. All yeah. over the country. Grandmas and grandpas, uncles, aunts, sisters, brothers, coming in from all over the United States because they're like, wait, you're playing your BCS championship game in SoFi Stadium? before the Rams have even had a home game in yeah. there yet? Like, are you yeah. kidding me? I want to go see what it's like. And it was the greatest experience my family has ever been given to watch our son play in the championship game. Yeah. They lost, but it didn't even matter at that point who wins or loses. Yeah. It was about, do you understand? You will have that memory for the rest of yeah. your life. And not only, but you gave it to us as parents. Yeah. And that's what I, I, I think you do such an amazing job with what you bring to the community. And um, my hat's off to you, man. Like, like you really run, I think, the best sports program I've ever seen. And, you know, since I was a kid, my son is so lucky to be a part of this. Thank and you. And, and I think that who the, for those parents who are afraid of, 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 of trying to get your kid into flag football, boys and girls love it. And you give them the opportunity, they will love it too. Just trust the process. Safety is all, always ensured the most Important thing ever. The refs are calling flags for pushes in the back. I know, because I got 10 of them on us on Sunday. <laughs> um, and th that's my fault. I I'm in charge of the blocking. And I'm like, ah, oh, he turned around. But they're ensuring safety. Right. So it's so important. And um, it's so fun. And the memories that these kids have forever because of what Alexi's doing with these great dads who are dedicating their time is just one of the greatest things ever. Question, are we going to be playing another spring SoFi Super Bowl this year? It's a good question. We are currently in talks with the stadium, you know, fingers crossed. Um, we uh, we hope and we're confident we can pull it off. There's, there, It's always tricky and, you know, they have their own schedule and they've got concerts and stuff. So we have to navigate around that. And um, But I think, uh, put it this way, we are doing everything in our power to make sure it happens again this spring. We'd like to make it a staple for the spring season. The fall is really difficult because of the NFL season, right. and they have yeah, two yeah, teams exactly. playing there, so it's tough. But what we what we want to try and do is see if we can't make this a staple for the spring, and we're trying Love really it. hard to do that. It's not all in our hands, right? So we're we should know more 
within about a month or so if it's going to happen or not. So fingers crossed, like we're fingers trying to make it Fingers are definitely happen. crossed. And did you know that it's also the same day as the Manhattan Beach wine auction? Ooh, Ooh that is... Double header. So, that is interesting. So uh, the first Saturday is... That's June, what, June 4th, June That 3rd? is correct. So... If you can't get the fourth and do that Sunday, a little bit, you know, hangover for the parents that go yep. to the wine After auction. After the wine auction, yeah. Just one, keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah, it's, a know, thought. But, uh, it's a thought. It, it's a thought. It's so great. I'm, I'm just so thankful that you're here and promoting it. Um, you know, uh, I hope you guys are smelling this amazing Fine. food right now. It smells amazing. It here. does. Okay, okay. Smell so great I, I, it's been hard to, like, you know, smell this <laughs> but not eat it. So here is our segment for food, bouge, and schmooze. We have today a uh, chicken parmigiana. We have it from Slay Steakhouse. Uh, David Slay, a very famous chef in uh, the South Bay, um, had Newport restaurants and then transitioned them up to Manhattan Beach, where he lives and resides. He has two restaurants, Slay, a Slay Italian Kitchen, which is a great pasta and pizza place. But this is his premier steakhouse, a very great steakhouse. And his signature, which I think is one of his signatures, is, is the chicken parmesan. So with that, we are tasting the chicken parmesan from Slay Steakhouse. And we also have a uh, Zinfandel that we're going to pair with it. It's, uh, we just got classy up in here. I mean, yeah, we just, look, we're pairing. The, yeah, this I mean, is a groundbreaking pot. When you have a Presidente here. Yeah, El Presidente. El Presidente of the BCS. Alexi. We just don't want any trouble. <laughs> yep. So we are having Plow. Uh, Tim Plow is uh, a Manhattan Beach dad, uh, owner of Plow uh, TL Wines. Um, you can get this at Uncorked in Hermosa Beach. I think there's also one on uh, Redondo by Artesia. I think there's another Uncorked over there. I think there's two. One on Her um, Hermosa Pier Avenue. I think that one's Avenue. corked. Oh. One's corked and one's one's uncorked. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think he said uncorked. Let me see if he texts me. Um, <laughs> he did not. He's at the Clipper game. Both so, of those places um, are outstanding, just so we know. Oh, here it is. Right here. So Tim Plow Wines, Manhattan Beach Family Winery outside of the ballpark. Buy wines in uncorked in Manhattan Beach and in Hermosa. Also, Friends of the Vine. That's where you can get this wine, okay. Plow. Um, I actually had it at a uh, the Palos Verdes Food and Wine Tasting. Delicious wine. Very fancy. So uh, with that, I'm going to pass uh, you guys uh, your uh, Zinfandel. Ooh, and you, uh, please wash that back uh, with uh, some I just cleansed my palate yes. with some Keystone. Me too, yes. Yeah. Me too. All right, here we go. This is fantastic. Oh, that's really good. Mm, really good. I, I got to say, Slay is where I first kind of fell in love with Chicken Farm. Really? Yeah. Okay. So this is going to be in one of my top three. That's just a little preview when we get into it. What are the flavors, Tony? Well, you can definitely tell it's got some um, high-end Parmesan on top, but it's the marinara that is always, oh, to yeah. me, the key. It's, sometimes some people have too acidic, too sweet. I think there's not so much over there, so, so it's overbearing. He has a nice breast that is PR'd, and um, it's it, it's it, I think it's very tender, um, it succulent, it and is. with a little bit of Zinfandel, it's a perfect combination. A little Zin and a chicken parm goes far for it's me. It's delicious. It is. Thank it's you. Delicious. Yeah. Well, I just paid for it, but <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Tommy. Thank you. Um, you know, just like the chicken sandwich has become really popular everywhere, I think a chicken parm dish has become really like all the rage in like a lot of restaurants. Lexi, do you have a top three chicken parms that you could say like these are my top three in all of LA? Yeah, you know I've thought about this, and uh, 
There's three, and there's a little bonus there. I'll give you two. So the first one's a local spot. She love local spots. Of course. It's in her mall set. It's called a Bottle Inn. Ooh. Fantastic. 20 seconds. Yeah, right yeah. down on the water. Great one. Great little Italian spot. The chicken parm's great. Really? My wife had it first. She loved it. And I said, no, let me try that. It's perfect. The chicken is tender. It's really well done. Nice. Check it out. Bottle it's Inn. It's right across from Martha's. Yeah, I heard yep. about that one. Yeah. The other one is a spot up in L.A. called Palermo. Um, really good Italian restaurant. Is that Brentwood? Yeah, it's just a yeah. It's a little uh, little north of uh, of Brentwood. Yeah, nice, nice restaurant, and the chicken parm's really good. The other one is in West L.A. It's called Dantana's. Yeah, <laughs> I am with you, my man. Dantana's <laughs> my is the spot. Like I it like is. I like it. I like it a lot. And then my bonus is another local spot in Gardena. They make a chicken parm sandwich, Lamelli's. Have you ever been to Lamelli's? No. Lamelli's old Italian restaurant in Gardena, and they make a chicken parm inside this amazing Italian bread. Check it out; it's fantastic. Oh. So if you like sandwiches, well, do. And you like chicken parm. It's a good mix. Oh my god, I have to go there. Lamelli's. All right, that see, this is what I love. But I'm learning new right now. Tips and tricks, guys. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do: feed you and be happy. Yeah. Chris, do you have a top three chicken parm? I got a top couple. Couple. And oh honestly, God. this one from Slays is number one. Wow. I've also enjoyed the uh, chicken parm at uh, North Italia mm-hmm. here in uh, up at the point. And then uh, Olive Garden. So just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <Not that>. Are you? <laughs> no, I, I was about to apologize to Olive Garden, but I'm not going to. That was a joke. But is it really one of your top three? No, I oh. haven't been there in 30 years, but. I don't know. I mean, and if, if we really want good. lasagna, that's cold in the middle. That's your spot. But I was no, told. I, <laughs> I was told that they actually send their chefs over to Fran- uh, to uh, Italy to learn how to cook. Olive Garden. Yeah. Olive Garden does. I swear to God, that's my friend Dominic Powell told me he could We're be like lying Italy, North Dakota, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess they don't do that. I don't know. No. Anyway, okay, I, I appreciate all that. Alexi, you nailed it. My number one of all chicken parms in all of Los Angeles that I have found is Dantana's. Yeah. Old school, Hollywood, right there on Santa Monica Boulevard. Delicious. I mean, phenomenal. It's, it's, it's a treat. It's a treat. Mm-hmm. And, if, and you're lucky if you get in, if you can get in on a Friday night or Why haven't Thursday we made night. a run up there? We should all go up there. COVID, you know, you didn't want to yeah. go up there and then you had to wear masks. Now the masks are gone, so maybe we'll head up there. But it was a pain in the butt to go anywhere for yeah. a while. Yeah. So, um, but Dan Tannis, I actually have a, a, a number two. I don't know if you've been there or not. Um, it's 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 a reverse chicken parm by Dear John's hmm. on Culver, Culver yeah. on Culver Boulevard, mm-hmm. right next to the 405. Uh-huh. Dear John's steak, chicken parm. They just have great food. Guys are wearing and females are wearing tuxedos to be your servers. Side Caesar at the table right there. Nice. I mean, it's old school, like no windows. So it's very dark, very yeah. like red leather, Italian, like New York style. Awesome. Different type of chicken parm. Uh, I think it's Josiah Citron, the chef, mm-hmm. and Hans. Uh, I want to say Hans Zimmer because that's the, <laughs> the music, music guy. Music guy yeah. But it's like Hans something. Um, they own it together. It's fantastic. Chris, we've been there a bunch with our We went wives. a couple months it's, ago, it's, yeah. It so was, they put the cheese inside the chicken? Yes. yes. Mm. Yeah. And the mozzarella. That's interesting. And the mozzarella. The mozzarella. Mozzarella. 
We should try that. Um, and then, you know, for my third, I'm going to go Slay. Yep. Um, Slay, David Slay is a great chef. He really knows how to do the chicken parm. Getting it hot live right there mm-hmm. is just such a delicacy to have. They also have great seafood and, and, and steaks. But the Slay chicken parm is just to die for. I think that's my top three chicken parm. And it's just one of the greatest things that, um, I don't know, I love chicken parm. It's such a comfort food. Um, you can't, well, you can mess it up. You, oh, you can. can. Oh, yeah. You can overcook you know, the chicken. I you can't. Because, like, yeah. you know, ever try to make this at home? No. It's a pain in the butt. It's not worth it. It, 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 it takes a long time. Too much work. Bread, egg, flour, the chicken, and then you got to fry it. Yeah. Then you got to then put the mozzarella and the sauce on it and cook it correctly so it doesn't burn and dry it out. It's, it's, it's a process. Yeah. It's better to just go out there, have some zin, have some plow zin, and enjoy mm. chicken parm. I'm enjoying the plow zin. Zin is, is very good. This is so good. Here's to us. All right. I was just thinking maybe the uh, Dad's Night podcast should sponsor the uh, SoFi Super Bowl this year. I'm sure that's not too expensive. Yeah. I think with our advertising dollars that we just got our first offer today on. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Believe it or not. Well, we are, we are um, open to sponsors. We are. <laughs> All right. Give us some more wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, look, we love bringing in cool dads that do great things, yeah. which is what you're doing. But there's that common noun, that, that common noun of being a dad. Mm-hmm. And I love that we're all just dads mm-hmm. and there's no right or wrong. It's all subjective. How many kids do you have, Alex? I have two. Two boys. Okay. How old are they? Uh, seven and 12. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So it's uh, pretty much a madhouse. Getting crazy. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, and now it could be destructive too at no oh, yeah. time. A twelve, all... twelve-year-old. They're, they're what yeah. was that sixth grade? Uh, he's in seventh grade. Boom. Yeah. All right. And he just. I mean, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the. I I think I woke up one morning and he was like a a man. <laughs> what happened? Um, he's five six. Holy cow! One hundred and sixty pounds. He wears an eleven and a half shoe. Whoa! He's twelve years old. I'm like, what happened to my little guy? Right. Like he's not a little guy anymore, you know, and the younger one is he's growing too. Not as you know, it's not as dramatic as the older one, but it, it it's it's interesting to see them go through that transition. Sure. Little kid, little kid, little kid, and one morning, like, oh my god, you're like a person, right? <laughs> you know, like you've got like a schedule. Yeah, you got a cell phone, <laughs> friends, and just doing taxes, calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's a great question. When. Did the twelve-year-old get his first cell phone? That's such a big thing. I'm like, it my, is my a kid's big in third thing. grade. He he's nine and he wants one. I'm like, he can't have one yet. Uh, my kid, my son asked for one. I mean, he was probably asking for one when he was like eight. Yeah, it was like, oh, let me get a cell. And the problem was there were other kids at school who had them. Yes, yeah. and that's the the issue, right? So it we were is. like, you don't need a cell phone, bro. Like you're fine. <laughs> so we call it. You'll be all right. So. If you need us, the school will call us. You, right. You'll be fine. Right. So he, you know, eventually, I think he got it when he was 11. So he's only had it for about a year. And we thought that once middle school started and he started to like walk to school and walk home from mm-hmm. school and That's he was, right. we weren't picking him up and dropping him off places and he, he's going to go and hang out with his friends and so on, that it was probably a good time. Yep. Yeah. We just got my daughter to watch just so that we yeah. can. I like that. Let her walk around, have a little bit of independence. She yeah. just calls me nonstop on it, which is adorable. <laughs> it's great. It is adorable. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm cherishing it always. And, and the best part is that you're tracking them, and they don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, I know exactly yeah. where you are. Yeah. You know the. Do you remember? Get out when, of Beckers. When we were kids, 
Do you, I, I mean, we used to leave the house for hours. Hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, our parents had no idea where right. we were. They would have we just to... trusted that we'd come back. Or the yeah, because we we're gonna be hungry. Or, or, yeah, or yeah. they call the Francie house. Is, is Tommy there? No, no, he just left and on his they bike. Call someone else's yeah. house. And then yeah. they call the Schmazel house. Oh, no, he's not there. Or they call the Jimmy Taylor's house. Tommy just left. It's like they had to figure out where you were going on, yeah. on your bike <laughs> to figure out how you're gonna get home or when. But that is such a different time. Yeah, it is. Like we, I couldn't imagine doing that with my kids. No and way. I did it all the time. Like we, my friends. That you know, we'd have this. The, one guy would get on his bike. He'd ride to another kid's house, pick that kid up. And it, eventually you got five or six kids on bikes. Yeah. And we were gone all day. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And they just, parents would be like, make sure you're home by right. such and time. And we're like, okay. So it's when crazy. did that change? When did that change for all of us that like, like, when can we give that confidence in our kids to know that like we're raising them right? That like, okay, uh, you can go on your own now yeah. and you don't have to drive you anywhere. I trust that you're going to come home when I ask you to. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we're obviously blessed to live. In nice in a nice neighborhood, right, where we can feel a little confident about um, about their safety when they leave. But I think it's it's a, it's a delicate balance, right? You you always want to parent responsibly, but you want to give them some independence because they don't get any independence. We know how the, that works out, right. right? We've all known teenagers, or when we get to college, you've all known the kid who's been sheltered his whole <laughs> oh, life. You're like, yes, you I do. hate that kid, right? You don't want to be that kid, right? So you don't want your kid to be that person. So. It's a delicate balance, but I think once they get into middle school, you start seeing that they're probably responsible enough at that point to spend some time on their own and walk places and have, hey, you need to be home by a certain time. It, it, they're still not going to go all day, right? but you feel a little more relaxed, I think, in middle school, just from, I think that right. was my experience. Do, and and do, you, do you give your son, like, responsibility checklists, like, hey... You didn't come back, and you didn't report back to me here, and I asked you to, and so I think... You know, he's pretty good about it. He's pretty good about it. I haven't had to deal with that yet, but it's a good question. I don't. I mean, I don't know what I would do if he didn't... If I told him, I'd say, hey, reach out to me. Because he had some kids over at the house. This is a couple of weeks back. He had some kids over at the house, and some of his buddies, they're hanging out. They're playing Madden, whatever. And then this some guy pulls up, and it's one of his buddies. I'd never met the dad before. Dad pulls up, you know, he knocks on the door, and I'm like, I open the door, and he's like, is, is Nicholas here? And I'm like, yeah, he's over here. And he's like, the kid's phone had died, like, hours before that. So the mom's freaking out. They oh, can't reach him. They don't know where he is. So then they call another kid who says, oh, I think they're over at Jackson's house. And he's like, I don't know where Jackson's house is. So he got to get dressed from somewhere else. And it was like this whole thing, you know, because the kid hadn't checked in, and his phone had died. And I hadn't thought about that. You know, I didn't. Sure. It, the thought never crossed my mind. Jackson just came home with some buddies. Whatever right. you guys. You're not yeah. thinking like, hey, yeah. make sure you Do call you your parents yeah. so let them know where you are. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's our future, Tommy. Well, that's that's the dependence of technology and the beauty of it at the same time. So yeah. there's good and bad with both of that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> especially for, because I have a, a six and nine-year-old. So I, I love learning more, especially about the 12-year-old phase. Mm-hmm. Um, they Does your son start having a girlfriend yet? I mean, like, when yeah, do they... Yeah, you know... Because I mean, they kind of quietly, like, eh, you know, I, don't like, I don't like Cindy, but Cindy's pretty It's odd. interesting, because now you start in that age where if you bring it up, then there's this little, like, everything's secretive. Like, he doesn't want to tell me anything, <laughs> right? But I see him, like, he's checking himself out in the mirror, he's putting gel in his hair, oh, doing the whole yeah. thing. I mean, you got to look fresh, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, I mean, he has to look yeah. fresh. I mean, he's... And he's... He, this is where... This is where I knew he'd turn the corner. 
So one morning before he goes to school, he's like, um, where's the lint roller? No! Oh, no. And I'm like, what, what do you need a lint roller for? And he's like, oh, there's some, there's some fuzz on my clothes. <laughs> so, I'm man. like, what is happening here? Like, it, <laughs> he's, so he's like wow. lint rolling his, his shorts, you know, to make sure that they look super fresh before he goes. And I'm like, okay, here we are. We're here. 12. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is awesome that he's aware of oh, yeah. lint at 12. Lint, I mean, that's good hygiene. Shoes. That's a good habit well, to get into. I mean, I, I, was, I was that kid when I got new sneaks. I would take my thumb and lick it and be like, oh, get that <laughs> yeah. dirt off. Like, get that dirt. I, yeah. I can't have any scuff marks. I, I, I think I still have that in my gut. I still have that kind of uh, yeah. sensibility of like my awareness of like, I love new sneaks. New kicks are fresh, you know. You got yep. to represent. Um, how do you discipline a twelve and seven year old, especially when they're fighting? That that's a big difference, especially, you know, because I remember I'd had pick up my little brother at times, and I'm eight mm. years older, yeah. and then all of a sudden got to a point where I'm much bigger much than him, bigger and than then all of a sudden dad's like, okay, and then my yeah. dad would have to sit on me, and I'm like, oh, I can't do it, <laughs> yeah. and then he's like, okay, Patrick, now go hit your brother because he was just tormenting <laughs> you, and I'm like, dad, get off me, and he, you know. So it's like, what do you, what do you, yeah, do? it's. It's tough because I, you know, my boys are five years apart, and that's a fairly big gap, especially now that Jackson's twelve. I mean, he's significantly bigger than his brother, and stronger. So a lot of it's kind of constantly reminding him, "Look, your brother's seven years old. You can hurt him." Like before, when he was four, and you were, you know, you were like eleven, or I'm sorry, nine. You were nine. It was. Not as bad, right. right? But now you can't just pick him up and throw him across. <laughs> He's gonna get hurt, bro. Right. Like you have to, you have to. And, and on the other end of it, you got the seven-year-old sitting there going, "Like, why does Jackson get to do these things? Why can't I do oh, these God. things?" It's constant. Yeah, it's constant. Like he he worships his older brother, and he always wants to do the st- he he always wants to do the stuff that he does. Yeah. So he's constantly like, "Well, I want to do this." And I said, "You got to let Jackson do his thing with his friends." Because he doesn't want a seven-year-old hanging out. Because you know sure. he's too cool for school now. Going to go right? campus style. So you don't want to have a seven-year-old hanging out. And so it's a little. But he's dying to be a fly on the wall. Oh my god, he is. He he wants to do what his brother does, and he gets upset, like you said, when he doesn't get it. When he doesn't get to do the same thing, so we have to explain you're not old enough to do that yet. Yeah. You can't do that <laughs> yeah. yet. You can't do that yet. So yeah. there's a lot of that. But they're they're good kids for the most part. I think the communication's really key. Like you, and patience. Patience that my parents probably didn't have. Yeah, you know, like um, you got to like. Sometimes they're driving you nuts, and you're like, "Okay, I'm just gonna take a deep breath here. You know, think about this, and then I'm gonna go. <laughs> then I'm gonna go address See, it." You're, you're, you're. You said it. You're a patient man. For me, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm Irish Italian. I just snapped, and I and, <laughs> and my wife's like, "Why are you yelling?" I'm like. I yell when I don't even know what I'm yelling about. Yeah. I just yell, <laughs> yeah. you know. But like, I don't mean anything by it. I just like, I talk loud. I'm from yeah. New Jersey, you know. It's with passion. But um, I mean, that is a a significant difference where you have a seven year old trying to be the older brother, and I'm sure he's probably the cooler kid with like this other seven year olds because they want to be like yeah. your son who's trying to emulate like the bigger, yeah. you know, your your older son. Um, how do you find that fine line of separating them to become their own person yeah it's a good that's a really good question i mean i think you'll notice and i'm sure you guys did too there's as they get older there's some really distinct things about their personality that begin to separate them in terms of the kind of you know who they are Mm -hmm. as people 
they both of my boys have very common interests. They both do karate. They both play golf. They both play football. So there's a lot of similarity there, mm-hmm. but they're very different people. Um, my youngest son's much more extra, much more of an extrovert. He is, I mean, all over the place. Like you go to school to pick him up, and all the kids are like, "Bye, Tyler. Bye, Tyler." You know, uh, Jackson's a little different. He's much, he's he's a little more reserved. Um, but you can see those differences. And I th- I thought about what you said when I was when they were younger. I thought about how do I because Tyler was so obsessed with his brother, he wanted to be like his brother. It's like, how do we maintain Tyler's sense of individuality? Like, yeah. he wants to be his own person. But that's kind of come naturally. That's you know, right. that's kind of come naturally. They have, they do have a few things that they do, they, they like to do differently. Sports-wise, they're pretty much on the same page. But um, their personalities are pretty different. Even socially, the kinds of kids that they will hang out with are, are very different. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. yeah. What do you do for your daddy time? Like, meaning that, like, do you... What do you do with the boys together? And then how do you get individual time to them so they each have your attention? Um, you know, that I probably don't do enough of the individual time. And it's primarily because what I thought was a good strategy, I thought, you know, because look, we're dads, we think about this from a, we think, okay, what's the strategy we can imply here? How can I get the most out of my time with my kids? And I thought one of the good ideas is to do some do stuff that you enjoy right. with your kids at the same time. I love playing golf, so I play with my play with my sons. I got them involved, get them in lessons, and they like it too. So we get to do that together. That doesn't have to be something that I do by myself. Right. Um, football is another thing like we share. They are upset. They are football obsessed. Both of them. So we right. wa- we can you know we sit in front of Sunday ticket. And we don't have a BCS game. We're in front of Sunday ticket like all day. Oh, that's living. We'll watch Red that's Zone so together. Great. We're bouncing back. It's great, right? And then, so I haven't found probably enough time to do things with them individually. That's a good. That's a good call. Hmm. I need to try. I need to try and do that. But I, I think a good course of action is find the things that you enjoy, and have them enjoy it too. Hmm. You know. Yeah. I think we we give up some of that. Uh, minute we have kids, right? We're gonna have to sacrifice some of that stuff that we thought was just our stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff I do. The stuff I, you know what I mean? But if you can get them involved in the things you like to do, then that's great. You can do them together. Do you have any dad jokes that you <laughs> run around the boys and they're like, oh, they've rolled their eyes at you? <laughs> I don't do a lot of dad jokes. I mean, I'd, I'll make fun of them, like, you know, if they're doing something silly or I might, like, I might do something silly myself. Like, right. I mean, I might, you know, when, when it's bedtime, maybe I'll like put on some, I have some wigs, you know, so I'll put on a wig at bedtime. <laughs> and, and they're like, and they're like, stop it, dad. Like, it's not funny. Yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and I'm like, it's no, funny. it's funny. It always, yeah. It's always funny. Your dad wears a wig. It's funny. Yeah. So I'll do that. Maybe, uh, you know, so, I'll, and I'll, you know, I'll get on their case when they do something silly. And yeah, but I'm not much a dad joke guy. How about you? Uh, you know, I have no, ze- I have zero jokes that I tell. <laughs> um, I'm, I think they just laugh at me. So <laughs> I think I'm, that's true, though. I think I, I, I am the dad joke. We don't have to rely on one liners. Yeah, We're just I, naturally funny. Just naturally funny. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I'm not the guy that can remember one liners in movies or jokes. I just, it's over my head. Yeah. But I did hear a good one from Van when I was up in Deer Valley. And it's, um, it's a good one. He was like, you know, I just, Came from the doctor, and uh, you know, um, I'm sorry, the dentist, and you know, 
did the whole you know semi-annual checkup and yeah. everything and no cavities doing great he asked me if i floss i said yeah I floss you know so sometimes here and there you know and the doctor's like cool um well just, just keep that up and when you're done you're doing all your flossing and you're, you're ready to just you know call it a, a you know a, a brushing make sure you brush your tongue and he's like brush my tongue how do you brush your tongue how do you brush your tongue I have no idea. I don't know. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you catch your buddy doing that, you're like, ah! It's a dad joke? Yeah, it's a dad joke. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. See? Come on. But I heard it in Deer Valley, and I'm sitting there like, oh, this is how you brush your tongue. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, oh, my God. Look at my motion of my hand and my mouth right now. He got all of us in front of like five other dads. It's hilarious. It is so stupid. That's the dad joke. I can't tell it to the kids, but for no, other no. dads, it's amazing. Why, uh... Why do first graders get so angry when they go camping? Why? Because they're little intense. That was a good one. See, that's a good dad joke. That's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you. It's well done. Um, how do you want to be remembered as a dad? That's a good question. I mean, in all honesty, I didn't have... Uh, my dad wasn't around much when I was a kid. And uh, I was... It's the most important thing that I'll ever do in my life is to be a good dad. Yep. Because I know what it's like not to have one, and that was that was a painful experience for me as a kid growing up. And I, I my goal was, whatever happens in this life, I'm going to be a good father. You know, so I, I don't want to be. I want them to remember me as somebody who was there and engaged, and cared about the things that were important to them. Didn't, didn't taught them about life and how difficult it can be and the challenges they're going to face. I, I don't want to baby my kids. I want them to be tough. Um, but yeah, if I had to, if my, I hope that when I'm, when I'm gone and my kids are remembering me, they're like, that guy wasn't perfect, but he was there and he cared. Yeah. You know, that's a good goal to have. Yeah. I, I just want to give a, a big hug to this man right yeah. here. I mean, <laughs> That just hits it. I mean, so many different things shape you as the man you are today. Mm -hmm. And whether your dad was present or not, it's still going to shape who you are mm -hmm. when you become a dad. Yep. And for those who didn't have one, they're like, I want to be present for my kids and mm -hmm. do that. And for those who had dads that are present, they're like, I want to be like my dad right. to this kid. But at the end of the day, you are your own man. Mm -hmm. You're going to handle things differently. And I always say this, and Chris so does Chris. There is no right or wrong. It's so being being a dad is so subjective mm -hmm. that when you feel like you give the best of you, it kind of like that energy permeates to the rest of the family. Yeah, right? you know, and, yeah. and and the kids feel it. Like, man, dad, like, and I think that there's times where, like, you know, it, my kids knew, like, when I was frustrated and I couldn't articulate my anger or what they did wrong and I just had no words for it. Eventually Grayson would come over later and be like, Dad, you know, I love you and I'm sorry you did this. I'm like, I just give him a big hug. Yeah. You know, because that's just... And I think kids are pretty perceptive, especially as you get older, that you're like, you're at least trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of times they'll come to you and you're like, man, I don't know Yeah. Uh, what the answer is, but I'm yeah. going to try. Yeah. Or maybe you kind of lose it a little bit and you're frustrated because yeah. we're late for school for the 7,000th day in a row yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I do a lot of apologizing to my kids, um, which, know, I, which I think is healthy. I mean, I yeah, really do. something, yeah. you know, my mom and definitely my stepdad taught me is like, Hey, you're not going to do everything right. And yeah. you say, Hey, you know what? Listen, I got really frustrated with this. I, I know you can do better, but yeah. I don't need to be barking at you. Exactly. 
I think uh, that was a big thing of myself growing up, and I'll just go back to full circles because um, when you said a lot of my friends growing up didn't have from their dads, they weren't present. Yeah. So my dad was present, and he allowed me to have them all over, and they would kind of confide in my dad things that they wish they could confide in their own dad that they never got to Yeah. because they weren't around. They were on the business trip or they were doing this and they just, I don't know, it's just different. Like my dad put all the vanity BS behind him and just mm-hmm. wanted to be a present dad and didn't really care what society or other dads thought of him Absolutely. in his community and he cared about what I thought and my friends thought of him and that's why he resonated so much with all my friends mm-hmm. Because he was present, where they could confide into him. Whether th- and he knew he wasn't going to judge. Yeah. You're like, dude, like you know, like hey, I got arrested for buying, fi- you know, beer at 15. Yeah, you know, like yeah, not a good thing to do. And got got <laughs> caught for it, but like, you know, so help you not I'm make not that a bad mistake. person. Yeah. I just wanted to impress the girls that were in freshman exactly. year of high school, you know, because exactly. I could be get beer without having to ask, you know, someone's older yeah. brother or whatever, and try to be cool. And I wasn't cool. I was completely wrong and illegal. How the tide has turned, my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'm on a podcast with Chris Parrish. Um, this, is, this, is, this is so heartwarming. I, I love having dads in here open up, and I, I just can't thank you enough for coming oh, in been, here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Alexa. It's been awesome. And and would you, would you guys mind if I share a quick story with you guys? That no, I go ahead. That was something I think kind of captures um, what we do at, the, uh, uh, at BCS that's, that's so powerful for me is Last season, I was coaching in a game, my younger kids' team. There's a kid on the team, really great kid, very coachable, plays a lot on defense, doesn't didn't touch the ball much, you know, he's but so we ran a play where we decoyed one of our best players, got this kid the ball. The other team was not expecting it. He reels off the 60-yard touchdown. Nice. So he runs into the end zone. He turns around. He's coming back, and he's crying. So I said to him, because I'm thinking he got hurt. Right. thinking at some point during the run he got hurt. He's bawling. And I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, I've never scored a touchdown before. I'm so happy. And I was like, oh, my god, That's awesome. It was perfect. Like, that's, that's why we do what we do. Those moments right there, the kids that uh, just love being out there. They're great teammates. They're great to coach. And win or lose, those kids are going to have an amazing experience. And you've played a little part in their development as athletes because I think one of the most important things is not only teaching kids what it means to win, but what it means to lose with grace and dignity and learn from it and get better and grow, right? And that's one of the important lessons that we teach. And, um, yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't say a big thank you to the other board members who put in countless hours of work, Ray Jackson, Great guy. Um, Jose Fialo, Steve Lulich, Tim Flynn, Jeff Nicosia, Ryan Wald, like I said before. Guys who, uh, Joe all Lunzer, refs. all the refs, um, all yeah, of the Joe. dad coaches yeah. who put in countless hours. I think, Tommy, you're, you're beginning to see, I think dads don't realize quite how much time goes into coaching one of these teams. Watching film, you know, <laughs> break, like dads are like three o'clock in the morning because I'm getting emails from dads at like four a.m. because I know they're they're watching film, yes. so they're like, oh, check out minute two fifteen on my game. Oh wow, this is clearly a penalty. I'm like, see, these guys are invested, right? So, I just I can't thank the community enough, the parents for embracing us the way that they have, 
And we just hope that we are delivering the experience and the kids are getting half as much enjoyment out of this as we are because we are loving what we're doing I mean, I'm here. quite sure the kids are. I mean, I, yeah. you rarely see kids more excited than after a BCS game. So, Well, I look forward to having Vetter in, the, in next year's draft in, in the fall. White Shoes Parish? Absolutely. <laughs> just, just, just put them on. I mean, they're playing on phenomenal fields. They're, yeah, they're, we play at Miracosta primarily, Redondo Union High School also. Uh, Manhattan Village. So we play the most of our games are played on turf. We play right. some of our games on grass too, but good fields, good facilities, great coaches, officials. Great atmosphere. Yeah. It is so fun. Alexi, thank you so much for thank taking you very the time much, to Alexi. come in today. Um, you know, Chris, uh, wrap it up for us, bud. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to the Dad's Night Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Dad's Night Podcast or drop us an email at Dad's Night Podcast at gmail.com. And do you have any uh, handles you want to plug? BCS webpage? Oh, Dallas actually, Cowboys. I wouldn't mind That's a second giving a little bit, of, little bit of love to the people that make it, make it work. Let's hear it. Like we, I talked about before, Marlin Equity and Cosm, huge sponsors for us. The Simon Law Group in Hermosa, Raising Canes. Raising Canes, a great new. sponsor. Uh, Zabrowski Group, uh, Brett and his guys. Dick Sporting Goods, mm -hmm. Esperanza. Cochina de la Playa. Nice. Okay. Oh, muy bien. See, I, like how I put that in there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, our sponsors are great. We want to uh, give some love to them. And again, it's a big thank you to the community. And come out. We uh, welcome all kids, all um, ages from 5 all the way up to 13. Uh, doesn't matter what your skill level is. Doesn't matter if you've never played football before. It's a great experience. Get out there. Have fun. And we need more coaches. So... Don't be afraid, parents. Get it. If you never coached before, we'll help you. We'll help yep. you through it. They definitely help yeah. you. They give you everything to be just a good person as well as a good coach. And, uh, Lexi, it's an honor. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank you so much. And Thank I you, really everybody. appreciate you having us. Thanks for listening to the Dad's Night Podcast, where ridiculous becomes reality. You can find us on Instagram at Dad's Night Podcast or drop us an email at dadsnightpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, stop by Grunions this week and mention the podcast for your free draft beer. Have a great week.